Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Red Town Radio, talk of the Indian Nation. This is Brenda Golden coming to you from Oklahoma, where it is a hot, sunny day, and and uh, I just can't tell you enough how much you need to get out there and drink water. Check on our elders who may not have air conditioning. I know when I was growing up, we didn't have air conditioning, and I can't even imagine how we made it. So if you know someone that doesn't have air conditioning, take them a fan. Take them some water. Go check on them. It's just too hot to be miserable and so easy to get dehydrated. We've had quite a week here in the United States and across the globe. First of all, as all of you are aware, Donald Trump was nominated as the Republican nominee. And I spoke last week about how racist Mr. Trump, or whatever you want to call him, is and how he has demeaned and degraded Indians. So this coming week we're going to be having the Democratic National Convention coming up, and I think that probably Hillary Clinton will be the nominee, and she hasn't made any mention about Native Americans or American Indians at all in in any of her campaign speeches. So we'll just see how it goes on on that end. But, you know, Donald Trump for having the longest acceptance speech at the convention, and that's pretty much what he is. He's a he's a blowhard. He's a he's a hot winded blowhard. So I hope that all of you listening will exercise your right to vote and vote with your conscience and hopefully it will lead you in the right direction. This week we've had Unity, the National Unity Conference, which is the United Nations Indian Tribal Youth in Oklahoma City, the 40th annual conference has been going on. Our Muscogee youth did a Muscogee march from Okmulgee all the way to Oklahoma City to bring awareness to women's violence and domestic violence issues. And I'm so proud of the youth for taking a stand like that. They have been attending the Unity Conference. Our Muscogee Youth Council just got started a little over a year ago, and under the direction of Ms. Nancy Mason, has just grown by leaps and bounds to where these youth are taking their leadership and taking initiative to to reach out, to represent, and I just couldn't be any prouder of them marching all the way, walking all the way from Okmulgee to Oklahoma City for the Unity Conference and then taking part in the conference this weekend since they've been there. I just really want to take my hat off to our Muscogee Youth Council and for all of those involved with that, send you a big mido and, and tell you to keep up the good work. We really, really appreciate it. For those of you who are in Oklahoma and maybe in central Oklahoma, tomorrow the Norman Human Rights Commission is having a meeting at 5.30 and one of the things on the agenda is the 89er Day Parade. Now for those of you who are not in Oklahoma, we always oppose, I say we, SPIRIT, uh, the Society to Preserve Indigenous Rights and Indigenous Treaties, and, and some other folks here in Oklahoma have opposed the celebration of 89er Day because it is a one-sided celebration. It is the day that they celebrate when the land run happened, when they opened up the lands that were supposedly unassigned to free, to, uh, for free or by lottery sometimes, 
And what happened was the the tribes that were relocated here to Oklahoma were promised that they were going to have this land this and live in peace. If they would just move here, they would be not they wouldn't be bothered anymore. This was going to be Indian territory. Well, of course, once oil and other natural resources were found here on, on this, they couldn't they couldn't keep their little grubby hands off of it. So the Dawes Commission was was enacted, the Dawes Act, which parceled out the land in 40 or 160 acres if you were head of household. And what was left over was given to free settlers. The land run was when all these people lined up and a gun shot off and they raced out into the whatever out into the land and staked their claim. And then once they staked their claim, they took their took it back to the commissioner and recorded it, and they got their free land. What happened was that the Native American Indians that were here weren't allowed to participate in that. And many times, you know, these communities had already been settled here for 50, 60, 70 years or more. These were families that were broke up by the allotment families weren't even located by each other. It busted up communities and governments and church grounds and, and, you know, it was like the Indians had to start all over. Do the Jews celebrate the Holocaust? So why does the city of Norman and the city of Guthrie celebrate 89 a day every year? We had hoped that by bringing awareness to the Norman 89er Day Parade, the Guthrie, which used to be the, the state capital, would follow suit and stop celebrating this genocidal holiday or observation, if you want to term it correctly. We don't, we don't want to say that it never happened or whitewash it and say it was one-sided. What we want is the truth told. And as I said, why would you celebrate something that is that obviously was so painful and hurtful to a whole group of people? American Indians in Oklahoma represent about 5% of the population. There are 39 federally recognized tribes. And to just act like this whole scenario did not happen, that what they did to us was all right and should be celebrated, is is uh, just ludicrous. And the city of Norman should not be putting money, which they gave $5,000 last year, to this parade. Usually they have wagons and, and, and reenact part of the land run as part of the parade. They have these pioneers and talk about, oh, how great it was that these pioneers and how hard they had it when they came across here in their wagons and staked their claims and and had to build houses and everything. But they forget that we were already here. So tomorrow, if you're in central Oklahoma and can make it to the Norman Human Rights Commission, it will be at the Norman Municipal Building at 201 West Gray, and the meeting starts at 530. The discussion of the 89er Day Parade is a little bit further down in the agenda. So if you can't make it right at 530, Hopefully you can get there and they'll let you say something or speak to it. Um, if not, at least there will be a presence. I can't make it myself, but I would hope that all of you 
would consider going down and, and representing for those of us that can't be there. Another thing that came up this week here in Oklahoma, there's a new law that goes into effect uh, this fall, and it was passed in this last legislative session. It's called the Indian Arts and Craft Act. And what it did was, it was House Bill 2261, if anyone wants to look it up. It stated that anyone who markets goods as an Indian has to be a legitimate Indian. And it doesn't recognize state tribes, in other words, tribes that only are federally recognized are allowed to market goods in Oklahoma that are labeled as made by an Indian. So if you're a state-recognized tribe or just an organization that claims to be American Indian or Native American, that doesn't qualify unless you're a member of a federally recognized Indian tribe. And this bill was supported by a lot of the tribes here in Oklahoma, and including the Intertribal Council of the Five Civilized Tribes and the, and the uh, Intertribal Council of Northeastern Oklahoma, because, um, you know, I don't know about you all, but I've been to a few of the, the gift shops at some of these tribal plazas that are run by the Choctaw Nation, Chickasaw Nation, and other other nations, and you go in there and see a, a dream catcher or something and turn it around and it's made in China. I mean, how absurd is that? Our own Indian tribes are, are selling things that are not made by our own people. So this Indian Arts and Crafts Act of Oklahoma is going to limit or actually ask that anyone who, who markets their arts and crafts as made by an Indian has to be a legitimate, federally recognized, uh, enrolled in the federally recognized tribes. And I don't see anything wrong with that because state-recognized tribes don't have the same status as federal-recognized tribes. I don't agree that that anybody that thinks that they can uh, make something that looks like it could be from an Indian can say that it is Indian-made. Um, no, I, I don't believe that state-recognized tribes should be allowed to market their goods as uh, an Indian tribe, where the Indian tribes are in the same status as states are in the eyes of the federal government. We are a peer-to-peer group with states because in the Constitution, uh, the colonists made treaties with the Indian tribes which means that we, as native tribes, have the same status as states. So they don't, states don't have the power to recognize Native Americans as tribes. So a big thing that's going on here in Oklahoma, and then another thing that's going on is we're going to be having our Peace and Dignity Journeys folks come through in this next week. About four years ago, we had... Uh, several runners come through and, and stopped, uh, came through Oklahoma and stopped at several places, and we're, we were truly blessed to have their presence here. And they're getting ready to come back through again. So today we've got a special guest joining us. She's the, the coordinator for the Midwestern Route. Her name is Vanessa Cruzada, if I said that correctly. And I'd like to welcome her to the show right now. Vanessa, hello. 
Hello, Brenda. Thank you so much for having me. Um, well, greetings thank you for touching from Yeah. Say hello to our listeners. Excuse me? We have a few listeners. I was saying uh, say hello, and, and can you tell us a little bit about the Peace and Dignity journey? I didn't present the introduction with anything at all about I was leaving that to you. Oh, okay, wonderful. <laughs> um, greetings to everyone. Um, my name is Vanessa Quesada, and uh, I'm Kikpo and Carrizo, como crudo, from, um, from Texas, and I live in, I'm born and raised in San Antonio, and um, I am the Midwestern Coordinator for the Peace and Dignity Journeys, and this is a um, a prayer, a prayer run that we do um, from Alaska, Panama. And so every step that we take is a prayer, and it's to fulfill the prophecy of the eagle and the condor for reunification of our people. And in 1990, the elders from north and south came together for the first time and through different visions, through different dreams, um, several elders had they came together and said, you know, in 1992, when people are going to celebrate 500 years of Columbus, as Native people, what will we do? What will be our stand to let people know we're still here? And, you know, what does it mean for us as a, a life way? You know, how can we come together in a peaceful way? And so that, uh, that came through as a run as a run, that original way of sending messages, that original way of uh, communicating, of trade, of commerce, is is through running from community to community. And so we run once every four years since 1992. Uh, we've ran from Alaska, Chickaloon, Alaska. We started in, on May 1st. We run down to Panama. And at the same time, simultaneously, there is a route, the Southern Condor route, that runs up from Argentina. And so we meet in Panama at the canal uh, where that, they made that cut in our Mother Earth. And um, so it's a spiritual you know, reunification uh, through our spiritualities where we put our differences aside to come together in that circle. And uh, run with those sacred staffs and, and we have been entrusted with 50 different sacred staffs from different communities just alone on our route uh, there's currently four different routes running in North America and so there's probably about 200 staffs that are running uh, all through North America right now and uh, these staffs each and every one comes from a different community and has a different prayer that comes with it you know and so it's our way of uh, letting you know, spreading messages and taking messages like the Chaskis, as we call them in the South, um, talking about what's happening in our communities, our, our daily struggles, the things that we are, are uh, having problems and challenges with in our communities and remembering how closely related we are, you know, how we all are walking uh, similar challenges and, you know, we all have different ways about doing things. And it's also about respect. You know, our, our number one is, is respect. And so as we come together through these ways, it's all about respecting that home community. And so the, the prophecy is, is really bringing together that eagle and that condor, those sacred birds of north and south, um, so that our, our, 
our body, our nation of Turtle, you know, our, our body of Turtle Island and our separate nations can come together as one again and we can be connected in those ways that, the, that we once were. And so in that way, uh, we, we take these prayers, we, we run uh, guided by these elders, these, these old people, these sacred staffs, and we have a family staff, it's an eagle staff that runs in the north, and then um, each route as they run have, has their own uh, lead staff. And so our lead staff mm-hmm. on our route is for missing and murdered indigenous women. And so um, every four years we run for a theme, and in 2016 we're running for the seed. Uh, the seeds that, that give us that, that medicine, that traditional medicine, the seeds that give us food, nourishment, um, the seeds that also um, provide, you know, everything that we need to live, everything we need to mm-hmm. live and, and remembering the importance of, of where those seeds, that home of that seeds, that womb, uh, the land and how the land is sacred and we need to uh, and a lot of the places where we live, like replenish and give back to that womb to make sure that um, the seeds can even have a good place to to grow. Mm-hmm. Well, Vanessa, today in Lawton, Oklahoma, at the Comanche Nation, they are having a special powwows just for you all, the Peace and Dignity Journeys. Mary Alice Wade helped to sponsor that. And uh, when you come down through through Lawton, all the proceeds from that powwow, she would like to meet with you and gift you. Um, but but they are having a powwow to pray for you all journey as you come through Oklahoma. Oh, that's wonderful news! Thank you. You know, and and this this run would really not be possible without the communities. Um, there are runners that commit to carrying this prayer for seven months so we're in ceremony mm-hmm. every single day no alcohol no drugs no um no sexual contact or, or anything you know we're brothers and sisters as we carry this prayer um you know as our, our elders have handed it to us and um so it's a big commitment you know and but in that that way it's also we receive a lot of blessings and, and we're able to walk with these communities and that really bring this prayer to life so each and every community, you know, becomes connected through this prayer, and uh, we start to to pray for each other, remember, you know, remember each other in our words and our actions, and you know, remember our relatives like that. So that's that's wonderful. Yes. So uh, four years ago, you all uh, came through Oklahoma, and the prayer was for water, and um, this year it's for seed. Um, is that like do you, is, is there a, a group of elders or someone that gets together to pray and, and have the, the what what the theme is or how is that um, decided? And, and though although, you know I agree, these are so important, especially now with Monsanto trying to take control of all of them here in the United States. Um, but I'm, I'm just curious about how that comes to be. Yes. We do have elders. Um, there's a consultation that's done amongst all the elders from, from north and south, um, the elders that have been involved with the journeys and support the journeys, continue to support the journeys. And it's pretty amazing how it's been pretty unanimous. Uh, in 2012, you know, when it came up of, you know, what should we are seeing, what should we pray about, there was, it was pretty unanimous. People knew that one of the pressing issues that we have is, is water. Um, 
and remembering that water is life and carrying those prayers and those messages down to all the communities and to strengthen our our connection so that we can show up, you know, we can be there for each other. And same thing Mm -hmm. for uh, 2016, it's varied a little bit because people wanted to pray for our traditional medicines and pray for these things. But uh, for the most part, it was unanimous that people wanted to pray for the seeds and that those other prayers for, for traditional medicine, you know, were also umbrellaed under the seed, you know, and that the seed also um, is praying for our language, you know, our language and for our culture, for our ways that, that that's a seed that we need to protect very strongly uh, so that we're not losing, mm-hmm. losing these ways. Yes. So what happens um, when you come into a community? What what is the host expected to to do, and and what are some of the things that you that 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 you all would hope um, to have happen when you come into a community? So the day that we each day on the journeys is um, similar in a way that we we wake up, we get ready. Uh, we pack up the vans, we clean the vans. We have two support vehicles uh, that allow us to carry, you know, all of our stuff with us and the bedding, clothes, simple things. And we, once we're ready, we have a circle and we lift the staffs in a, in a ceremony, and and then that that begins our our running. So then we run to the next community, and when we arrive to that community, uh, it's great to be received by community and to run with the community. So that this prayer is really to connect um, our prayers. And the way that we do that is that we, you know, we, we start to talk to each other and walk with each other and pray with each other and realize, you know, what people need prayer for. And I apologize for all the noise in the background on the road. <laughs> and sometimes it's hard to get into you a quiet space. Well, people ask me when I say, can, can you host them? And then they're like, well, what does that mean? And I usually say, just food and shelter. But, you know, um, you need a, enough space to have ceremony and um, usually a potluck dinner or, or something like that. Uh, but really to have people engage with you is kind of another aspect of it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's, that's the most important thing is to be able to share this prayer uh, with the community. And so if we have people that want to walk or want to run, um, that's, you know, that's first and foremost the most important thing, you know, and people um, just having their prayer and having them experience this prayer because there's really no way to, it's really mm-hmm. hard to describe, right? It's one of those things you have to experience in order to get start to get an understanding, you know, for there have been people that have been a part of this prayer for 20 years, and, you know, every day we learn something different every day. You know, they say the elders say that that medicine that you need comes to you. So every day is different. And, you know, that that it, that's the most important thing is to have people involved and, and praying with us. But, um, you know, monetarily, financially, um, physically, there are some some things that really help us along the way. And so, like you said, um, if communities are able to have, uh, offer a place to stay, um, we have our own bedding. And so, you know, we can pretty much, we've stayed in, in all kinds of different places uh, from, you know, teepees to churches to um, community centers, 
and different places and basically public places are better so that we can um, just a place where everyone is welcome, you know, because this prayer is, um, it follows indigenous ways, but it's open to everyone. You know, it's open to all four colors of the medicine wheel. And because at this point, um, you know, we need everyone to, to really confront the, the threats to our land and the threats to things that are happening, you know, like all of humanity um, is at stake at this point um, with our climate change and with everything that's happening. And so we really welcome, you know, everyone to this prayer and, and that uh, the meals also help out a lot, you know, after a full day of running (laughs) and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, sometimes we run up to 120 miles a day and, and with this heat, we're currently in the heat bubble in Kansas. So apparently there's an ozone, uh, you know, piece of the ozone that's missing and right where we're running. So it's been like 105, 110 degrees and we're running out there. We try to run early, but, um, you know, food is um, helpful. Lots of fruit has been really, has been really helpful to help rehydrate us and nourish us. And then there's also um, the water. We try not to do bottled water um, just because of the, we're totally against the privatization of water. Um, so we prefer to just fill up our water jugs where we are and mm-hmm. uh, we have our reusable water bottles. But um, the fruit is really, really what helps to nourish us and, and get us through the granola bars, um, those snacks, you know, that helps a lot as we're mm-hmm. running to just mm-hmm. stay energized. And then um, and then the, the any kind of donations uh, for gas, really, I would say probably 90% of of the the money that we receive um, goes to gas and goes straight into our gas tank. <laughs> and so uh-huh. um, we have two support vehicles, two big vans that are um, helping to guide us along the way and, and taking all of our stuff. And so that gas money um, is really crucial, especially as we get down into um, Mexico and Central America, you know, where it's really, really tough for communities to host. There's uh, uh-huh. the economy is very different there. It uh, makes it difficult, you know, and so yeah. that um, all of it goes to, to really good use. Okay, good. Well, in, in, let me just go over the, the uh, route here real quick before we finalize, and then I'd like for you to give uh, some way of contacting you or how people can donate online if there's a way. Um, on the 29th, which is on this Friday, you'll be leaving Wichita for Ponca City, and then on the 30th, which is next Saturday, Ponca City to Oklahoma City, where you'll be staying at Chai Gallery for a couple of days uh, until Monday the 1st. You'll be leaving Oklahoma City for Lawton, where we hope that the Comanche Nation will host you, and then from Lawton to Wichita Falls on um, August 2nd. So that's the Oklahoma route. How can folks donate online if there is a way, or or um, otherwise, if, if they're like listening to this and they're in uh, some other state, how can they um, contribute? Yes, uh, we we don't accept money from any big uh, big companies or anybody that's destroying the earth, and so every single donation counts, and it's very um, you know we're very thankful for everything. And there's several different ways to donate. Um, there's a Peace and Dignity website. We are thankful to be umbrellaed by AIM Central Texas as a 501c3. Okay. So all of the donations are tax deductible, and uh, we have a website that's TX, 
peaceanddignity.com, T-X-P-E-A-C-E-A-N-D-D-I-G-N-I-T-Y.com. And there we have some T-shirts for sale. We have bandanas, um, or you, there's, a, there's a button, donate button, close to the central, the top of the, the page. And okay. um, that goes and accepts PayPal. Um, and so that's that's our main donation site. Um, if you want more information, there's information on that website. There's also information on peaceanddignity.org. Okay. And all the donations that go to those websites um, go to all of the routes in, in North America. So it really helps out um, because we're not the only route that's running. There's uh, three other routes. So, um, you know, yeah. all the donations are, are very welcome. Thank you. Okay. Well, thank you for coming on today, and I wish you well, and I hope to see you next week in Oklahoma City. And um, yes. you know, stay stay hydrated and try to try to stay run in the shade or stay in the shade as much as possible. <laughs> it's, it's just I always marvel at you all coming through in the middle of summer through Oklahoma. I swear it is just unbearable just to stand out there, much less run. Yes, we've been trying to get up at like four or five in the morning to make sure that we're uh, we've completed our miles by the by the end of the day or by noon. I'm sorry, by noon, so we can kind of escape the heat of the day. Yeah, Yeah. but you know, I really appreciate you know everything that you've done to help us uh, along our way and and to all the community that's out there and all the community that has helped us along the way. Um, You know, this wouldn't be possible without you and this prayer is for you. So um, we welcome, you know, everyone to this prayer and and just thank you so much for everything that that you've been doing. Gonti, appreciate it. Oh, we appreciate you. And we have uh, some people in the chat room that are offering their prayers to you as well. So I just wanted to pass those along. So, And uh, thank you for Um, taking time out of your busy day to come on the show. And I hope that it, helps and we'll see you next week you take care of all right and thank you to our listeners for being here and we'll catch you next week on uh, august the 31st hopefully and have a great week